0: Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast. A community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. God, thank you for Troy. And... um... Thank you that he is my husband and he's um, prepared for this. And I just pray that you would help him share um, from his heart um, what you've put in it. Amen. Amen. Thanks, babe. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So, salt and light, it's true. That's what we're talking about today. I'm just going to leave this here. This is church mail. Can I give it to you? Because I'll lose it. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take out my phone, get the timer going. You know, yeah, we'll we'll pray about it later. Um, (laughs) Husband and wife, we're a team. It's a whole thing. It's a journey. (laughs) We need Jesus. Okay. Um, So, our text for today is found in Matthew chapter 5. So, if you have a Bible, whether electronic or paper, I want to invite you to go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 13. If you need a Bible, Harry's got some Bibles, just go ahead and raise your hand. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and read, and I would love for you to follow along with me. And actually, before we start reading, I would just like to say a quick prayer, okay? Uh, So let's pray. So, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We ask you to speak to us, illumine the text that we're looking at today, and I pray that you would uh, say what you want to say. Whatever that is to us, say what you want to say. Give us understanding of Scripture, of your Word, so that we can not only be hearers of the word but be doers of the word in the name of jesus christ amen so matthew this is the niv version that i'll be reading from starting uh, at verse 13 in chapter 5 jesus is teaching and he says this you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is uh, an excellent teaching, an amazing teaching. I'm sure a lot of us have probably heard this text before, maybe read it, maybe even heard a sermon before, Uh, but we are going through the Gospel of Matthew. We're sort of uh, inching along uh, with focusing on the theme of the kingdom of God and what it means that Jesus Christ is king and that he's the only one, the only one who lays claim to our life, and what it means to live under his lordship, not only individually, but corporately together, and what that means for us as people living in this world, in this culture. I'm going to talk more about that. Um, So, Jesus starts off, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. So, in the ancient world, salt was extremely important. This was pre-modern refrigeration, right? Uh, So, salt was actually... um, used one of its main ways one of the main ways it was used was to preserve so food um sorry my daughter just walked in so i'm just my heart melted um, no i'm serious um, so so one of the one of the main ways salt was used it had a variety of uses in the ancient world uh, it's actually kind of fascinating if you just want to google salt the history of salt um, take about five minutes. It's kind of fun. Um, you know, you can tell cool stories and cool fun facts at parties and, you know, all that stuff. Um, hi, Lucia. I love you. I'm speaking right now, but um, but after this, I'm going to come hug you, okay? Okay. So, so one of the main ways salt was used was to preserve things, uh, in particular food. Okay? So um, meat, um, olives, All sorts of things. And the salt was used to preserve. So what salt does, I'm sure probably most of you know this, but salt actually draws out moisture from whatever it's sort of covering. And it's the moisture that can create the bacteria that can make it spoil, go bad. So the salt actually protects it from decay. It actually protects it, keeps it safe, keeps it usable. Okay? Uh, so salt was very important. Uh, a couple other ancient uses for salt, uh, actually one of them is also current, um, one of them being it was used for healing, the healing of wounds, and it was also, of course, used as seasoning for food. Um, have you ever eaten, taken a bite of, of something that had no salt? Yeah? What, I mean, what comes to mind? I, I bland right? Yeah. Rubber bland. Rubber bland. Yeah. So salt adds flavor. It's it's like a spice, right? I mean, for me personally, like I can't eat chicken that isn't salted. Um, it makes me like just really angry. Um, <laughs> just getting personal. Um, it's like whoever made this, why didn't they just put salt on it? it was stupid, you know. Anyways, but that's a whole nother story. So, um, so seasoning, preservation, and healing. A uh, lot of other uses, but I just wanted to mention a few. Okay. So Jesus says, "You are the salt of the earth." Next, Jesus says, "You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world." Now, again, in ancient civilization, and ancient culture, light was extremely important. Uh, there were no central heating systems. So if you were cold, you needed light. You needed fire. Have you ever cozied up with someone special and up, up against the fire when it's cold outside? Have you done that? Yeah? Or just by yourself? Or just by yourself? Yeah, that too. Okay. Right? That feeling. Um, light warms, right? Light also guides. Light brings illumination. It brings visibility. So, um, Jesus here is talking about um, lighting a lamp in your home. Now, this uh, is probably pretty close to what he was actually talking about in terms of what it looked like. Um, So, they would... um, use oil to get it going. You probably don't need to know that, but I mean, whatever. So, uh, so what you would do is, um, because you think about this, this is pre-electricity. There's no electricity. There's no light bulb. I could go on about there's no iPhone and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, how did they live without an iPhone? But anyway, so uh, you had to live, your life was dependent, uh, and living your life was dependent on the rising and the setting of the sun. You need light to live, to do stuff. In darkness, you can't, I mean, I guess you could stand there. <laughs> Maybe you can walk around and try not to run into a wall or something, but um, it's hard to do stuff in the, in the dark, right? So um, you'd light the candle, and uh, I think that there's, uh, scholars pretty much agree, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong, Bill. Bill. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill. You I love you, Bill. I don't know. I keep seeing your name. Um so so picture like a something like a studio apartment. It's just one room. So sort of a little candle like that, when put on a lampstand in the center of the room, is actually gonna light up the whole room. Okay. Um so light, super important. Again, I'm just touching touching it, right? Okay. Um So, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now, I wasn't there when Jesus was given this teaching, okay? So, I don't know what was going on in the minds of the hearers of what he was saying, but um, I would imagine that at least some people would have been a little bit confused in that, okay, I'm... Wait I'm salt i'm I'm light. What do you mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they talked and you had no idea what they meant? <laughs> I think all of us are shaking our heads. That's great. I'm just excited because I think it's my first question that maybe everybody has actually experienced um, anyways so um hmm. Somebody say something? Okay. Amen. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Uh, So I would imagine that there would have been at least some who may have been a little confused as to what Jesus meant by this. Jesus, what do you mean? Thankfully, he tells us what he means in verse 16. Okay, so I'm going to read that again. Jesus says, In the same way, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm going to read that one more time. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, just as salt and light have meaning have a usefulness, have significance, have purpose, so do you. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You're not a bad egg. You were made with a purpose. This is good news. So just as salt and light have meaning and purpose, so do we. That is, to be a witness to God, to be a witness to our Heavenly Father, through how we live our lives. Now, what, I, what comes to mind right now is, for me, I didn't grow up in the church um, but I've been a Christian long enough to have heard some, you know, Christianese, Christian lingo, you know. And somewhere I heard this phrase that I think is a little cheesy, but um, I, I actually do think it applies here. Uh, you you may have heard this. Um, it's a saying that goes something like, "Preach the gospel, and use words if necessary. Preach the gospel." And use words if necessary. Which, even that, again, I'm reminding myself a lot, uh, comes back to, you know, Jesus' famous words in the chapter, in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. The world will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. And he defines that love not by. Emotion or feeling, you know, Jeremy, I just, I really feel my love for you today. I love you, and I just, I'm really feeling it, right? That's not what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) What, you don't believe what I'm saying or what Jesus is saying? (laughs) (laughs) Just messing. Uh, So... Jesus is not defining this kind of love that we are to love one another uh, as feelings. Because feelings come and go. I mean, any of us who are in in the room that are married can attest to that. I mean, I I hope so. (laughs) I think so. Am I the only one? I don't know. Um, Feelings come and go. It's really based on covenant. It's based on commitment. And that's why you, you need forgiveness, you need reconciliation, you need tools like good communication, good listening, seeking to understand, not be understood, you, you a whole bunch of stuff. You need community, um, because real relationship is hard. I'm kind of getting a little bit ahead of myself, uh, a little bit, um, but I, I guess I'll just go there now, since I'm already there. Um, no, 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 I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. So... I'm going to come back to this. So preach the gospel, use words if necessary. Uh, We are called individually and corporately together to live differently. So there's the world, there's the culture that we live in, and we are called to live under the reign, under the lordship uh, of Jesus Christ, our King, surrender to Him day in and day out. It's a lifestyle. And as we do that, we actually are able to put ourselves in a position to be literally transformed from the inside out. God is strong enough, is powerful enough to change our hearts, to make us more loving, more generous, more patient, more kind, more forgiving. He's able to do that. Because this Christianity thing, this Jesus thing, it's not about behavior modification. It's not about, okay, here's the rules, Okay, you follow these rules, and you're a good Christian. Woo, you know. Um, it's not about that. We we really believe in transformation, which comes through worship and community and prayer. So we are called to live a different kind of way. We're called to be a culture within the culture. It's really interesting that if you study any of um, Protestant, specifically uh, Christian history, um, you learn, and th- this still happens today, it's so interesting, so fascinating to me. So many Christians have interpreted this text specifically where it talks about, uh, you know, being a, uh, a town built on a hill, you know, or that, that, that city on a hill, you know, that just shines. Um, have interpreted that as, okay, we are called to move away from the culture. We are called to move away from... The bad people or the whatever the sin or, you know fill in the blank we're called to move away from the world and start our own community where we live you know this Christian lifestyle sort of thing um, and I mean, there is no utopia <laughs> it's a great idea you know let's all get together and it's going to be perfect and but we're all broken we 're all messed up so that doesn't work. Um, But I'm sorry, but I totally disagree with that interpretation because I really think Jesus is calling us to be a culture within the culture, right? Jesus, uh, there's this thing called the incarnation, which you probably all heard about, right? Jesus, God, comes from heaven to earth, becomes fully human as he is fully God, becomes fully one of us. In fact, Scripture talks about him experiencing everything that we've experienced, yet was without sin. In other words, he lived the perfect life of worship and of faithfulness to his heavenly Father. That's Jesus. That's incarnation. It's amazing. So, you know that saying, you know, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. In the world, but not of the world. And there's this thing, it seems like Jesus is saying, by the way that we love each other, God actually designed it to be a witness to our culture so that, for the purpose of people coming to know our Heavenly Father. And Heavenly Father, the word that's used here is Abba, it's an Aramaic word, it's the word that Jesus Mostly used for God, to address God. And this word, Abba, denotes intimacy and trust. And there's a whole lot more to to unpack there, but we don't have time today. Um, So I'll leave it there. But that's a whole big thing. Um, So we are called to be a witness to our Heavenly Father through the way that we love one another. Now, I just want to say two more things, and then I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> uh, first thing is uh, just maybe to give one example of you know what are you talking about? Can you get more specific? Sure. In our culture, and I, this isn't just LA, but it's definitely it's definitely LA. Um, we, or, sorry, not we. Um, um, Susan and I have lived here about five years, and one thing that we've noticed is that it seems like the default is, in relationship, uh, in friendship, is to cut and run. And what I mean is that when somebody hurts you, a lot of times we tend to cut and run. Because, look, I've got a million things going on. I'm here... In L.A., this, this may or may not be you, but I'm, I'm here to make it and fill in the blank. You know, I'm here for a purpose, and, and I don't need you. I don't need th- that. I don't need this. I don't need that stuff. So cut and run. Boom. Relationship over. Okay? I think it's pretty common. And Jesus, in the kingdom culture, is inviting us to be people of forgiveness. Ugh. That's hard, right? So instead of cutting and running, somebody hurts me. Most of the time, they don't know it. (laughs) I actually, instead of just keeping it inside, I move towards them in relationship. Hey, you know, when you, it really hurt me, and this is why, and da-da-da, and um, forgiveness is about letting go what, Somebody owes you, and of course, the uh, the greatest uh, the hope is that we move towards forgiveness and then towards reconciliation. So forgiveness is letting go. Reconciliation is restoration of the relationship. Okay. Now sometimes it's not safe, right? So I'm not saying somebody's beating you and you go back. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but if possible, reconcile be reconciled to your brother and to your sister, okay? We're called to do the hard stuff and talk about hard stuff. Um, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 10, um, says this. And the reason I, I wanted to read this is because I I was really wrestling with the question, because Jesus talks about it, how do we as Christians, if if we're called to be salt and light, in other words, called to affect our culture, um, how do we avoid losing our saltiness? How do we avoid hiding our light? And I think this text can shed some light on that. Um, It says... And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So just really quick, as you see the day approaching, referencing the second coming of Jesus that we are waiting for, that we... Uh, is our great hope where Jesus will return and will fully and finally establish the kingdom of God, the rule of God, the reign of God on this earth where there will be no more tears, there will be no more suffering, there will be no more pain, no more death, no decay, no more broken relationships. That's what we're waiting for, right? But in Jesus, God is doing this crazy thing where in Jesus, he actually brings that future which we would probably call heaven, he, and he brings it into the present, into the here and now. Theologians call it the now and the not yet, the time between the times. We live in this tension, right? So in this city, let's just be real, let's just be honest. Living in Los Angeles, the reality of it, um, I think makes it hard to make and to maintain relationships, friendships. Now, I think there's a lot of things that could be said about that. The only thing I'm going to say about that is traffic. <laughs> traffic sucks. It sucks. And it's not just like, ah, oh, traffic sucks. No, it actually, I don't know about you, but it makes it, it's not conducive to friendship. You know, I was, I was talking to a guy from Italy, um, Who's been living out here for a while now? And I said, You know, what's, what's the thing you miss most about, about home? And he said, The ease of seeing my friends. I was like, Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. And there's this thing, right? I'm just making something up right now. But uh, let's say Bob lives in Hollywood and Jane lives in Culver City and you guys wanna hang out, you wanna like, you know, do this friendship thing, you're like, okay, traffic, um, probably take about, say, an hour to get there, we'll hang out for like an hour, and then that's another hour back. That's three hours of my time. Is this person worth three hours of my time? What else could I accomplish in three hours? Like, is this a real thing? Like, does anybody think like this? Does anybody wrestle with this? You're all liars. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you say preach it? When I said, when I called everybody liars? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to clarify. I just wanted to clarify. Um, no, it's true. It's just one example, right? But, um... What if, what if one very practical way that we don't stop meeting together to encourage one another to keep going in our faith and in this kingdom culture and partnering with God and what He's doing in the world? What if we don't give up meeting together? That means that we're going to have to sacrifice. In this city, it means that we're going to have to sacrifice. We're going to have to do that. Christ-like love, that laying down our life, which in this example may mean sitting in traffic (laughs) in order to not give up meeting together, in order to do relationship, to do friendship, to be salt and light, to be effective in this world, and to be effective for the kingdom of God. And so reflect the reality of our heavenly father that every single person in here and out of here Their identity has been called by God. They are sons and daughters of the living God. And so are you. So are you. And you. And you. And you. Why don't we stand? I just want to invite you to to just lift a hand for our city. You don't have to do this. So Jesus, this city is hard. This city is very conducive to loneliness, to isolation, to boredom which is crazy because there's so many things to do. But there's so many things about this city that make us tired and weary and afraid. So Lord, we pray for our city, we pray for our culture, we pray for Los Angeles. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, would you help us to be bold? Would you help us to be courageous? And to move into the reality of the kingdom, to step into this death to self that you are calling us to, so that we may together shine and be a light for our culture. Not that we are ha- feel like we have all the answers or anything like that. In fact, you say that um, one of the core values of being a kingdom person is being Humble, specifically having the posture of, I need God. We are no better than anyone else. We need God. So as we stay in that posture, Jesus, help us to be the kind of people that are salty and that bring light and that are even like this lighthouse that would, we would. Show people the way of the Father, of the Father's love, so that people, as well as us, can find their home in God. Let us be that shining light.